Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you have your Bibles, you can open with me to Luke chapter 8. And if you don't have your Bibles, that's between you and God. That landed a lot better in the 8 o'clock. Got a lot more laughs. But in Luke chapter 8, it is the second half of, I guess, the, the story or the passage that we read last week in Mark chapter 4. Okay, so it's basically the same um, instance where Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower, but it's actually pretty cool that in this passage, there's sort of like a part one, part two. He, he explains it, and then he explains it again. <laughs> and he says, hey, this is what the parable means. And so we're going to pick it up here in Luke chapter 8. Starting in verse 9, he said this, And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go along on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, everybody say good soil. soil. They are those who hearing the word, and I love this, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. I wanna preach a message today, part three of our series. This is the title this morning, Seed Needs. Seed Needs. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the life that comes through your word. God, we thank you that right now we're receiving it. We're we're coming to the table. We're experiencing, Father, your word. And so, God, I just pray in this moment, at this time, Lord, that we would come under the covering, the authority of your word, that we would submit our lives to it. We would hold fast to it, God. And that through that heart, Lord, that you would speak through your word and that you would give us what we need and you would show us the way forward, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for colonial kids as well. Lord, we pray that you would bless them as well in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. Side note, it was my daughter Maisie's fourth spiritual birthday yesterday and we celebrated with her. We're going to probably celebrate today, but Uh, Four years, so I want to encourage you to celebrate your kids' spiritual birthdays, okay? Write down the date, put it in your calendar, the day that they met Jesus, and every year, celebrate it with them. So it's pretty cool. So last week, we read the same story, but in Mark 4, this is Luke 8, second part of the the passage. And so far in this series, if if you haven't been at church in a couple weeks, um, we've started a new series called Yield. And the first part of the series was really just about understanding that really our lives are just a yield for God, that God wants to bring forth 
something through our lives and our lives us one big season made up of a whole bunch of seasons and through the seasons of life, God brings through life to us and through us. So that was part one. And then part two last week, I talked about the power of being planted in the house of God. I talked about how in life there are some fixed things and there are some fluid things and that we actually get the choice, the opportunity to choose. What are some of those fixed things? What are some of those fluid things? What are some of the things in life that move around those fixed things? And maybe we can make a choice to be planted ultimately in Jesus, which means to be planted in his house, to be planted with his people in community, and then to be planted in the word. And that is to be planted in Jesus. And that, I believe, helps us to live out the promise we see in Scripture, that God brings forth yield in our lives. So this week, seed needs. I want to talk a little bit about what a seed needs. What are some things that seed needs when it comes to the yield of our lives? Because a yield comes from a seed, comes from one seed. And that begins with a yes to Jesus that is the smallest of seeds. But it's amazing the way God uses that seed. It's amazing the way God takes that seed. It's amazing the way God nurtures that seed. Come on, church, this morning. It's amazing what God does with a seed. But there are certain things that seeds need. And I want to talk for a little while this morning about what it looks like to yield to the dirt. Because one part of the word yield is to to bring forth a return. The other side of that word yield that we see in Scripture is to give to, to submit, to, to, to give into, to accept, to yield, which is what Jesus did in his earthly life. He yielded to the plan of the Father. But what does it look like when it comes to the seed of our life and then the soil of our life? What does the soil represent in Scripture? It represents, first of all, creation. So God created the dirt. God created the world. But the the, the soil also, the dirt also represents life in itself. If you think about it, your life as a believer gets put into the soil of life. It gets put into the soil, the dirt of life, And that's where God does his best work. He takes your life in the world that you're in and does something beautiful with it. Can I get an amen in a very quiet church service this morning? Talking about Jesus, people. Come on. Yielding seed means there's going to be dirt required at some point. So let me ask you a heart question. Are you or do you resist the dirt in life? The hard stuff, the messy things. Because I want to submit to us today that it's actually in the dirt, in the soil is where this glorious new life comes from. And that God with that seed does what only God can do, which is bring forth new life out of the dirt. It's where God does his best work. So if you're in here today and you're like, man, I don't feel holy enough for this. I don't feel good enough for this. I don't feel like I've got the right last name for this. I don't feel like I've come from the right pathway. Well, it's a good, it's a good thing that you're here because you're exactly where you need to be and you're the perfect candidate for God to do what only he can do. What does a seed need to survive? It needs many things, but first it needs soil. It needs dirt. It needs rich soil. It needs to be planted, put down in the soil. 
Because this is what the Bible says that we need to be planted in good soil. And out from that soil that God grows our lives. Without the soil, the seed won't survive. Seeds can't survive without dirt. There's an amazing parallel that I pray you would see this morning online, that I pray that you would see when it comes to our lives. The soil, the dirt of life is vital to the process of a yield coming forth in our lives. Soil is our lives and being planted in Jesus is what it's all about. So a few things about soil, and I want you to see the parallels here. There's always a spiritual parallel in Scripture. So we might see the natural We might see a natural occurrence. We might see something, but then I can always show you the spiritual parallel we see in Scripture. They go together. There's an application spiritually. So number one, a few things about soil. First of all, soil is messy. And sometimes often being planted in the things of God as a seed given by God is a little bit messy. It's not meant to always be pretty. You know, something we've got to, Keep teaching the next generation that being a Christian isn't always going to be perfect. You're not always going to feel good. We live in a feel-good culture where it's just like, I just want to do whatever I can do to feel good about myself. That is abrasive to the Christian life because soil is messy. And we need to understand that a bit of grit, a bit of determination, a bit of faithfulness, it's amazing. Sometimes we just got to be faithful to stay in the dirt. Stay there and see what God can do because it changes the way a seed develops. Soil is messy, but it's necessary. Soil is not always pretty. It's not always the easiest to work with. Reminds me of the world. The world is messy, but in it, God can do some things. The Botanical Gardens in Sydney, Australia is a place that's just absolutely beautiful. People travel from all over the world to go to the Botanical Gardens. I remember as a kid being this high and my mum during summer break taking me to the Botanical Gardens. It was the worst summer of my life. (laughs) I'm eight years old. I'm like, mum, what are we doing here? It's just plants. Can we go to the beach? Can we go do something fun? But as I've gotten a bit older, I've been like, oh, okay, this is, this is a thing. I get it. <laughs> I get it now. But the botanical gardens, people will come from all over the world to go there. But here's the truth is it's beautiful above the surface. But below the surface, which is where the vitality comes from, it's actually pretty messy and not that pretty. But that's where God does His best work in our lives. It's under the surface. But what we do is we see above the surface and we try to run away But I pray we get a revelation today that the seed is down in the dirt and that's where God does His work and it's under the surface that He brings forth the best and that's where the life comes from. God can work with your mess. God can work with the dirt of your life. Stop disqualifying yourself because of the dirt. Soil is messy. That's the first thing. Soil is messy. The second thing is this. Soil needs to be tilled. It needs to be worked. There is a bit of work required with soil. Even at the beginning of our Bibles, look at Genesis 2 and verse 15. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, listen to it, to work it and keep it. To work it and to keep it. When you work soil, it makes the soil better for the seed. And working soil can bring a helpful change to the surface 
that gets the soil ready to receive the seed. That's why we pray before we receive the Word of God. You know that? You might be like, oh, I just thought that was just tradition. The purpose behind it is we pray, we do a little work in prayer. Well, this is good preaching this morning. This is, this is like, some of you just don't understand how good this is. But we do a little bit of work in prayer and we say, God, would you speak to us through your word? Help. And it, 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 it tills the soil of our hearts to receive the seed through the word of God that it sinks in and it goes deep. And the Holy Spirit ministers that process into our lives. Soil, it requires a little bit of tilling. I love talking about lawns. It's that time of year. It's come around again. I'm a happy man. Just mowed yesterday, actually. There's nothing better than the smell of a freshly cut lawn. It's like the pleasing aroma. In fact, it was devastating yesterday. I thought my mower was broken. But with a battery charger and some WD-40, we're back on track and the lawn got mowed. In Jesus' name, God was with me yesterday in the yard. But you know, there's a process that can work and can actually bring about a good thing to a lawn. It's called aeration. When you aerate a field, you actually allow oxygen to get in the ground. And I found this in a turf science journal. But I want you to think about the parallel here, about what we're talking about, okay? Grassroots need air, water, and nutrients to grow thick, deep, and strong. When soil becomes compacted or hard, even slightly, it inhibits the flow of the essentials that support a thicker, healthier turf growth. A layer of compacted or hard soil just a quarter to half an inch thick can make a significant difference in the health and vitality of the lawn. Aeration creates holes in the soil, to alleviate compaction so that air, water, and nutrients can reach the grass roots. Deprived of their basic needs by compacted soil, the lawn struggles in stressful situations such as heat, low rainfall, and they lose their healthy, rich color. Grasses gradually thin and eventually die out completely for lack of oxygen, water, and nutrients. Listen to it. Just available inches away. Even a single session of aerating a lawn can put that lawn back on an upward trend. I want to ask you a question today. When it comes to your life, your heart, how's the soil quality? Do you have a compacted soil, a compacted heart that's a little bit hard? What's the soil quality, the condition like? Maybe the soil in your life needs a little bit of work. But can I just encourage you, it's worthwhile work. It's worth going through the exercise. It's worth maybe going through the pain of working the soil in a way with the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to bring about a change that brings a bit of fresh life into your heart that can bring forth a better yield because the better the soil, the better the yield because the easier it is for the seed to grow in our lives, which leads me to point three about soil. The best soil is soft soil. So soil is messy, soil, it takes work, but the best soil is soft soil. The better the soil, the better it is for the seed, the better the outcome on the surface. 
Sometimes the soil of our lives, our hearts, just gets a little compacted by the seasons of life. But this is a great time of year to do something about it. Actually, every time of year is a great time of year. But can I just encourage you, before summer hits, before the craziness of summer hits, before the whole school, school's thing going back, coming around in the fall time, it's a good time now to take care and take inventory of the soil of our lives and deal with the soil quality. Because I just know that if we could take a moment from time to time and deal with the soil and go through the soil and get a bit of oxygen and a bit of air into the soil, God can do great things. Doesn't mean that it's easy, but it absolutely is good. Doing nothing is not a great strategy when it comes to a hard heart, compacted soil. Sweeping under the rug doesn't do anyone any good, especially you. Avoiding issues leads to a hard, compacted heart and therefore a life. You ever met someone that's just, just got a hard heart and it just seems like you can't get past that thing or you, they can't move on, they can't get past. It could be a compacted heart. It could be a hard heart. So I wanted to give us three things to look out for. These are surface indicators on the surface that could indicate a bit of soil contamination, could indicate a bit of Lacking of soil quality, okay? The first is this, unaddressed hidden sin affects soil quality. What am I talking about there? If there is a dark place of sin in your life, a constant coming back to a certain place, a dark hidden place of sin, that's hard ground. And I think honestly, when people have that sort of issue in their life where there's, there's just this thing, there's this area in their life, this thing they keep going back to, if you're honest with yourself, you'd say, yeah, that's hard ground in my heart because I'm not willing to deal with it or I haven't addressed it. If it's unaddressed, it needs to be taken care of. Sin is a killer in the Christian life. But listen to me, repentance leads to life. And we could talk a little bit more I believe these days about repentance because repentance, it's just like people don't want to come around the word, but it's actually beautiful because repentance is simply you going before God and saying, God, I'm sorry. I changed my mind. I'm going to go your way. I'm going to do it your way. But can I just encourage, this is how we deal with soil quality of our hearts so we can see a better yield. This leads toward healthy soil. So unaddressed hidden sin, the next Indicator we can see on the surface is constant negativity. It's an indicator of hardness or compacted soil. What's the prevailing tone in your home and your life? Are you generally speaking positive or a negative person? If you are constantly negative, can I just encourage you, then something might be going on in your heart that needs addressing. I'm just going to go ahead and say this because this is true. Christians are supposed to be glass half full people most of the time. Not saying all the time. Not saying every day we should just be happy, clappy, happy all the time. But across the broad spectrum of our lives, we should be glass half full people. Why? Because we have eternal hope. Because we have Jesus living on the inside of us. 
And I truly believe that if there is constant negativity, there could be something going on in your heart that just needs dealing with, just needs addressing. You could just text a friend. You could get with someone you trust and say, hey, I feel like, I, I, could you pray for me? Could we work through this? No more negative Nancys or negative Nevilles. Sorry if your name's Nancy or Neville. Love you anyway. Negative Nancys. Negativity is a killer. Something else that is a good surface level indicator of a hard heart and bad soil quality is unaddressed bitterness and resentment towards others. Are you resentful of others? Are you bitter towards someone? Is there bitterness on the inside? You know, in the Bible, when it talks about bitterness, it uses a plant analogy. But it says bitterness is like wormwood. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. Let me show you one scripture, Proverbs chapter 3. Sorry, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 3. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. Look at this. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. This is the problem with bitterness in our lives, like wormwood. It gets on the inside and it's bitter to our soul. It's bitter to who we are. It might appear good to just live with bitterness. It might appear good to allow bitterness in. But the Bible says that in the end, it's a killer. In the end, it's the opposite of what we want. It's the opposite of what we want down in the soil of our lives. And if there's unaddressed bitterness or resentment, can I just encourage you? You need a, you need a soil extraction. And that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. But being willing to say, ah, oh, man, I got to let go of that thing. I'm, resent, I'm resentful towards that person. I've shared this story before and I don't mind sharing it again. But about the time that I lost my, my mother, shortly thereafter, I had strained relationship with my dad because of a relationship he was in. And through that process, and there's a ton of detail to it, but it was through that process and that time that I actually ended up losing, my brother and I and my sister and I, we, we lost our inheritance because of someone that moved in to our, tried to our family and basically a whole set of events. But basically what the end result was, but we ended up with nothing. And I could have been so bitter towards that person. I could, have, I could have been so resentful, but I remember making a decision. It was because of the church I was in and the people I was around and the people that were helping, the words that were being preached to me. But I learned that bitterness is a killer. And if you allow that thing in and you allow that thing to breed and you allow that thing to stay in, and so I had to, to, to gird myself and say, you know what, I'm not going to live bitter I'm not going to live resentment. I'm going to trust God. He's my provider. He's the one that can do whatever I need Him to do. <laughs> Bitterness is a killer. But anything that's unaddressed is going to affect the soil quality of our hearts. And it's amazing how inside the dirt, when we're willing to open our lives up to God, He does what only He can do. Something else that is a killer is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Is there someone that you need to forgive for your sake? Is there someone that you need to forgive for your heart? For you to be blessed? Because here's what I've learned about unforgiveness. It's actually got nothing to do with the person after the event, typically. 
But typically what happens is it affects us and only us and we trap ourselves and we put ourselves in a prison of unforgiveness and regret. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to give us two ways we can deal with soil quality and to keep it soft. The first is this, remember it's always God's garden. You know, your life and your heart, it's his life and his heart in you. That might be a revelation for someone today. But the field of your life, listen to me carefully, it's his field. Your heart, when you said yes to Jesus and there was the great exchange, the great transfer that happened, can I just encourage you? It became his property. It became his. It's his garden. Your life is the beauty. The beauty of your life is God is in control of your life. It's his garden. It's his thing. It's his field. And it's God who controls everything. I'm so grateful today I'm under the sovereignty of God and not the sovereignty of the enemy. Because I used to have a different Lord. I used to have a different person who controlled my life. Before I said yes to Jesus, I was serving someone else. But now I have a revelation that, man, my soil, it's God's soil. And I get to take care of it with Him. Sometimes we think it's our efforts that bring all of this to come to pass. We get it so backwards, don't we? Sometimes we think, man, the soil, the field is my field. That's wrong. Sometimes we think that it's the the seed that goes into the field is what we come up with, our best efforts. That's wrong. And so then we get to the harvest time and we take the glory thinking the harvest is ours. It's the complete opposite. It's His field, His seed, His harvest. It's all for the glory of God. So let's remember that this is his field, his deal. And it's because of God's working. That's why people can't explain what God's done in your life. When people see the change in your heart, maybe it might be through this message in a moment, we're gonna pray for any bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, but maybe someone on the the other side will see the change in you and be like, man, that's amazing. That's God getting the glory. That's what's beautiful about this process is it's His field and it's His working. The second thing we've got to remember is we've got to remember the Holy Spirit. The most forgotten member of the Trinity. You know, He has a role in all of this. But that's our choice. The Holy Spirit, He is the oxygen, the aeration of our hearts. The Holy Spirit, if empowered by us, can come into our hearts in this present moment and change them forever. He can soften our hearts. He can soften your soil. He can convict you if necessary. But listen to me, friend. He is the fresh wind, the fresh breath, the air that goes in. It's not anything you can do. Yes, you partner. Yes, He leads you. Yes, there are conversations you might have. But this is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what He does best. John 3 and verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The Spirit's work in our life is where all of this comes to its apex and everything changes. So I want to ask you a question. How's the soil quality? How's the heart? How's your heart? How's your life? Seeds need soil. And when we walk spirit-led, we have to deal with the issues in the soil. You ever notice that when you want to sweep something under the carpet, 
the Holy Spirit has an amazing way of reminding you that it's still there. I'm going to say that again. You ever notice that when you sweep something under the carpet that you need to deal with in your heart? Isn't it amazing the way the Holy Spirit reminds you it's still there? It still needs to be dealt with. Holy Spirit, I once heard this analogy is so good. When you say yes to Jesus, you give the keys to him. But then the Holy Spirit needs access to the house so he can be the general contractor and make all the changes. I wonder if we would allow him to do that today. Because it's God bringing new life through the soil. Genesis 2, verse 8 says, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there he put the man whom he formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Come on, let's all stand together. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Online as well, stay with us. I'd love for you to just consider with with us as well what God is doing. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to till the land, the soil of our lives, our hearts, and help us address the things that are making the soil a bit compact. What's compacting your soil right now? Is it bitterness that's affecting you like wormwood? Is it unforgiveness that's become a hard place in your heart? Come on, let's pray. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to convict us if necessary. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to grace us, to lead us, to help us, to show us the way forward. Here's what I like to do with every head bowed, eyes closed. Just love for you to just ask the Holy Spirit right now. What do I need to deal with? What's going on in my heart? What do I I need to deal with? Am I resentful? Am I bitter towards something or someone? Do I need to forgive someone? Do I need to release that person in my heart? Let them go. Say, that's enough. I'm not living with that thing anymore. I'm not living with that struggle anymore. I'm deciding today to work on the soil. To get the oxygen in, Holy Spirit, would you do that? Come on, if that's you, just lift up your hand. You just lift up your hand in response to God. This is just you saying yes to God, saying, I I, I, want to do this. I want to clear out the soil quality. I'm giving this thing to Him. If that's you, you know it. You know what it is. I just want you to raise your hand. If you're online at home, why don't you just do the same thing wherever you're at. Just lift up your hand and say, God, this is for you. This is to you. This is for you. Let's do the work. Let's do the heart work in the soil of our lives. Well, Lord, you see every hand that's raised. Lord, you see all hearts that are open. Holy Spirit, come. Come into our lives, come into our hearts. Make the changes necessary. Till the soil, Holy Spirit. Take hard hearts and make them soft again. Take bitterness and extract it. Take unforgiveness and Release it. Take resentment and send it away. Holy Spirit, come and fill our hearts with new life and new oxygen. Thank you that you're driving the seed down deep in our hearts right now. Thank you that in our hearts you're bringing healing right now. Thank you that in our hearts you're bringing grace right now. 
Help us to live this life. Help us to walk this out. Help us to be what you need us to be. Bring the yield, Lord. Help us to be the people you've called us to be, starting in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.